Hello, and welcome to Ghoul Gals, the podcast that brings you the possibly true stories of weird little creatures and unearthly happenings. Each episode revolves around a different theme, so play a game with us and try to guess that theme before the end of the episode. You can help to keep the podcast going by supporting us on Patreon. I'm Cassandra. And I'm Julie. And here we go. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. So what have you got for us today? What have I got for us today? I'm excited. Um, I'm talking about the brown lady of Raynham Hall. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. Sounds like you don't know who she is. I don't know who How she is. How embarrassing. <laughs> Just should, should I know? I no, know. No, no, no. I didn't know who she was either. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. So we're going to go into a quick little legend-y background before we get into some like stories and sightings sweet okay ready okay. yep okay for 400 years 400 400 years i'm already flabbergasted that's four entire centuries uh-huh. <laughs> Raynham hall in norfolk england has been the seat of the townshend family okay never heard of them <laughs> same <laughs> 400 years and complete anonymity <laughs> Maybe you have to live in England. Yeah. Probably not, though. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Probably still no. In 1713, Charles Townshend, the second Viscount Townshend, married Dorothy Walpole, the sister of England's first prime minister, Robert Walpole. Oh, wow. I know all of these names. Good for all of them. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's exciting, right? (laughs) Okay. Good for them. Good for them. The pairing was Townshend's second marriage, which is scandalous. Drama. (laughs) And rumor had it that Dorothy had once been the mistress of Lord Wharton. Ooh. (laughs) So they both came with a little bit of baggage. (laughs) Lord Wharton was a royal playboy. Okay. And good for her. Right, hopefully that means she had some fun. Yeah. Um, And here's a quote about him. His character was so infamous that no young woman could be four and 20 hours under their roof with safety to her reputation. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) According to legend, when Charles discovered Dorothy's secret love life in 1725, Mm -hmm. he locked her in Raynham Hall. Come on. Telling everyone that she had died. Oh, no. (laughs) This is a Jane Eyre situation. Mm -hmm. Yikes. And even holding a mock funeral. (gasps) Can you imagine? I I can. And it's it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like a little casket and Mm -hmm. stuff and being like, well, we can't Mm -hmm. we can't do an open casket because she's. She died was, so horribly. Yeah, you don't want to see her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like a bag of rocks in there. <laughs> <or something. laughs> it's like a brick with a smiley face painted on it. <laughs> I mean, sorry, sad face probably. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so too. <laughs> or maybe you want the smiley face so she's like happy in the afterlife. Yeah. Even though she's still alive. She's in a better place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the attic. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dorothy. Poor Dorothy. Um, so in reality, Dorothy roamed to the halls of Raynham Hall as a solitary prisoner. Oh, no. Suffering until her death from smallpox. Oh, no. In 1726. So oh. she was only there for a year. But still a year by yourself locked somewhere and people think you're dead and no one cares about you anymore you can't hang out with anyone cool only your captor who's definitely not cool no yeah you can't see your playboy boyfriend anymore (laughs) come on (laughs) let a girl live (laughs) amen (laughs) so according to mary wortley montague which is quite a name it is a noble writer and poet Mm mm-hmm Dorothy was, in fact, entrapped by the Countess of Wharton. 
which okay. would be her boyfriend's wife wife <gasps> she invited dorothy over to stay for a few days knowing that her husband would never allow her to leave not even to see her children mm. but this one doesn't make any sense to me is what i wrote <laughs> <laughs> Because Raynham Hall would have been Dorothy's home. Yeah. So how is the Countess of Wharton inviting her anywhere? Yeah. What? Yeah. Huh. Even if it was <laughs> the Countess, did she then, like, it, the, the Countess invited herself over or something? Yeah. Did she lock Dorothy in her own home? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and why would she have more power than the man who, right. uh, like, owns the hall? Right. Unless they conspired together. Ooh, I would believe it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a theory that was not, was not presented yeah. in my research. Yeah. <laughs> um, I couldn't find more than a couple of sentences, literally a couple of sentences on this theory. So I don't know. <laughs> bad theory. Yeah. That's a bad theory for you. <laughs> so obviously this kind of horrible death entrapment Mm-hmm. murder really um would result in some ghost stuff you know yeah i would assume yeah horrifying little story yeah why not mm-hmm. the first recorded claim of a sighting of the ghost was by lucia c stone concerning a gathering at Raynham hall during christmas 1835 okay stone says that lord charles townshend had invited various guests to the hall, including a Colonel Loftus, to join in the Christmas festivities. Loftus and another guest named Hawkins said they had seen the, quote, brown lady one night as they approached their bedrooms, noting in particular the dated brown dress she wore. (gasps) Ooh. Mm -hmm. The following evening, Loftus claimed to have seen the brown lady again, later reporting that on this occasion, he was drawn to the specter's empty eye socket. <gasps> Isn't that horrifying? I hate it. Yeah, suddenly really scary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love no. it. That's my favorite way to be- imagine a ghost. <laughs> With no eyes. Mm-hmm. Holes for eyes. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yuck. Say it again. Say it again. Um. So the, the empty eye sockets were dark and hollow in her glowing face. Ooh. Isn't that fun? That's beautiful. I love that visual. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to see it. <laughs> oh, Just no. to be clear, I no, don't no. want to come upon a ghost like this. No. I love this story. hate the actuality. <laughs> I don't. I don't ever want to yes. see a ghost. Yes, exactly. But I want to hear about them. Yeah, I think that's true for most of the things we talk about. True, true, yeah. same. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, definitely. Loftus's sightings led to some staff permanently leaving Raynham Hall. Oh, no. Yeah. Huh. The next reported sighting of the brown lady was made in 1836 by Captain Frederick Marriott. Like the hotels? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's... <laughs> It's literally spelled M-A-R-R-Y-A-T. Oh, okay. Yeah, weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Marriott was a friend of novelist Charles Dickens. Oh, I know him. Which I don't think comes up again later, but name dropping, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and author of a series of popular sea novels. Oh. That's fun. It is said that Marriott requested that he spend the night in the haunted room at Raynham Hall to prove his theory that the haunting was caused by local smugglers anxious to keep people away from the area. How? Did they dress up like a lady? Probably. That's like, that sounds like a Scooby-Doo plot. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Pull off her glowing face and it's just some smuggler, dude. Writing in 1891, Florence Marriott said of her father's experience, He took possession of the room in which the portrait of the apparition hung, and in which she had been often seen, and slept each night with a loaded revolver under his pillow. That's going to do nothing if it's a ghost. Well, he thinks it's smugglers. Okay, okay. It would do something to a smuggler, for sure. Yeah. For two days, however, he saw nothing, and the third was to be the limit of his stay. On the third night, however, two young men, nephews of the baronet, knocked at his door as he was undressing to go to bed and asked him to step over to their room, which was at the other end of the corridor, 
and give them his opinion on a new gun that had just arrived from London. Nighttime? Right before bed? Right, I'm getting ready for bed. I don't want to see your gun. Like, no. <laughs> I, like, he already has this like really long His Scrooge outfit. He's put on his nightdress. He's eating his gruel. <laughs> <laughs> his bedtime gruel. <laughs> I mean, he is about to be visited by a ghost. True. Probably. True. Oh, and he's friends with Charles Dickens. Hey! Mm, maybe okay. it's all it's based all, on him. It's all coming together now. <laughs> we've, we've connected the dots. <laughs> connected them. <sighs> My father was in his shirt and trousers. Oh. Mm. But, <laughs> but, but as the hour was late and everybody had retired to rest except themselves, he prepared to accompany them as he was. As they were leaving the room, he caught up his revolver. In case you meet the brown lady, he said, laughing. <laughs> when the inspection of the gun was over, the young men in the same spirit declared they would accompany my father back again. In case you meet the brown lady, they repeated, laughing also. A teehee. <laughs> Don't laugh so hard. Mm-mm. They're not going to be <laughs> laughing soon. The three gentlemen, therefore, returned in company. The corridor was long and dark, for the lights had been extinguished, but as they reached the middle of it, they saw the glimmer of a lamp coming towards them from the other end. Mm. One of the ladies going to visit the nurseries, whispered the young townshens to my father. Now the bedroom doors in that corridor faced each other, and each room had a double door with a space between, as is the case in many old-fashioned houses. Sure. Uh (laughs) My father, as I have said was in shirt and trousers only, and his modesty made him feel uncomfortable. So Where's your jacket? Where's your, I don't know, tights and boots? What a whore. Whore. (laughs) (laughs) So he slipped within one of the outer doors, his friends following his example, in order to conceal himself until the lady should have passed by. I have heard him describe how he watched her approaching nearer and nearer through a crack in the door, until, as she was close enough for him to distinguish the colors and style of her costume, he recognized the figure as the facsimile of the portrait of the brown lady. (gasps) No! Uh Uh-oh. I knew it! (laughs) (laughs) He had his finger on the trigger of his revolver and was about to demand it to stop and give the reason for its presence there, when the figure halted of its own accord before the door behind which he stood, and holding the lighted lamp she carried to her features grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner at him yikes i love it i know me too (laughs) this act so infuriated my father oh come on who was anything but lamb-like in disposition Hmm. that he sprang into the corridor with a bound and discharged the revolver right in her face oh my gosh you know she's a ghost right and what if she like what if he was imagining this yeah and it was a person. And it was just a and lady. And he shot them right in the face. <laughs> Full in the face. <laughs> Come on. God. The figure instantly disappeared and the bullet passed through the outer door of the room on the opposite side of the corridor and lodged in the panel of the inner one. Mm. My father never attempted again to interfere with the brown lady of Raynham. Um, he shouldn't. Yeah, good. So that's the most famous sighting. There have been a couple of more like uninteresting ones since then, <laughs> but I won't share those. Um, and she doesn't seem to be seen very often, and the house isn't open regularly to visitors, so... Um, so we couldn't go and visit? It's not open regularly, oh, so we okay. may be able to at some point, mm. but, like, she it she doesn't get the um, opportunity to be seen <laughs> very frequently. <laughs> huh. No word on the cur- from the current Lord and Lady Townshend as to whether they have seen the ghosts themselves. Hmm. She's cool. I she love is just cool. a good, like, little ghost story. I love a ghost story. Yeah. They're my favorite in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, I really want to go there now mm-hmm. and see her. Mm-hmm. Spend the night. Yeah. Hide behind a door. Get my revolver. Look out through the little crack. Out from my pillow. <laughs> and pretend that I'm the man. <laughs> oh, I don't want to be smiled at, though. No. So maybe not. No, I want her to walk by. Yeah. Quietly. Mm-hmm. Without looking at me with her yeah, do- dark holes of fries. Yeah. Like, I want to see them, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But I don't want her to see me. 
<laughs> Maybe we can bring someone else who doesn't care as much, and then they can go and and like provoke her. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, we okay. get Zach Baggins from the <laughs> Ghost Adventure. <laughs> Stop it. As soon as you said provoke her, I was like, oh, I got the perfect man. I know him. (laughs) Perfect, stupid man. He'd be like, it's not a ghost, it's a demon, and then make up a story about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Yeah. But we could be like, that didn't happen. (laughs) None of it happened. No. Oh, my God. What if we bring down Zach Baggins? (laughs) (laughs) Your time is done. Your time's over. Oh, my gosh. All right, so today I'm going to talk about the pig-faced women. Women, plural? Women, (gasps) baby. So legends featuring pig-faced women originated roughly simultaneously in multiple countries, in Holland, England, and France. This is all happening in the 1630s. Interesting. I know. Because those are like close-ish to each other, but not... Well, England and France are very close, but... Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. Wow. 1630s seems like an appropriate time for this to happen, though, for some reason. Oh, yeah, for pig-faced ladies to be around? Yeah. 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 It was the time of the (laughs) pig-faced woman. (laughs) The time of the season for pig faces (laughs) so while stories of pig-faced women vary in detail they have the same basic form Mm -hmm. um and that is exemplified in the earliest version of the legend that we have access to um which is a dutch print which has like a little picture and a story um about an amsterdam woman named jakamenschen jacobs oh Wow, what yeah, a name. I know, right? What a name. Uh, so the story goes that in 1621, Jacobs, while pregnant, Uh-oh. was approached one day by a female beggar accompanied by three children. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> the beggar pleaded that her children were starving. Uh-oh. Take away your filthy pigs, she said, <laughs> pointing to the women's children. I will not give you anything. (laughs) Are these my children pigs? The woman asks. (laughs) May God then give you such pigs as I have here. Oh, no. This is the plot of the movie Penelope. (laughs) It is. Every single one, I'm like, Penelope, Penelope, Penelope. I love it. She's a pig. She's a pig. She's a pig-faced girl. (laughs) (laughs) that movie so much too okay so not long after she delivers a snout-faced baby girl who is kept locked away from human eyes oh no to the average person on the street this was a true story (laughs) which is wild to me i mean i guess they didn't have a lot going on there wasn't a lot of science i guess i don't know i don't know certainly not stories weird stories man Mm -hmm. i mean that's true today too i mean we just both talked about unverified stories that we heard on the news yeah and i mean i was like i don't know if it's true but that's what tiktok told me (laughs) it still goes on it's just different things the modern folklore (laughs) yes you're like i don't know what to believe should I go into the forest at night? Seems no. like no. Seems like no. No, still no. That's always the answer. <laughs> oh, man. So this cursed woman in the story mm-hmm. even had a name, Jakobinchen Jacobs. Mm-hmm. But there are more versions of this story. The story doesn't always end there Uh-oh. Uh, in different versions. Uh-huh. So being the only child of her parents, this pig-faced girl <laughs> stands to inherit a large fortune. <gasps> But her parents are concerned about what would become of her after their death. Mm-hmm. They either make arrangements to do one of two things. Uh-huh. Okay. Find a man willing to marry her. Okay. Or use their fortune to endow a hospital on the condition that the hospital will take care of her for the remainder of her piggy life. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I wrote all this. It's horrible. But I was so you, you, you're the one who added piggy life. Piggy life, life I did. You're welcome. <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> so they find a man to marry her. Oh. And following her wedding day, the pig-faced woman's new husband is granted, of course, the husband is granted the magical choice of having her appear beautiful to him, mm-hmm. but pig-like to others. Okay. Or 
pig-like to him and beautiful to others. The first one. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares what other people think? Right? Yeah. Just be be happy. Yeah. Whatever. Or love her for who she is. I don't know. Either one is. Maybe that'll break the spell. Maybe it will. Like in a certain movie. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But... In an inexplicable twist, <laughs> he he tells his new wife that the choice is hers. Uh-oh. What a B word. <laughs> what? <A> bitch. <laughs> Biatch. Um, well, I mean, he lets her choose, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, okay, okay. But he, yeah. it might be because he doesn't care enough. Right. I mean, in, in, immediately in my head, I was like, he's putting it on her to choose. Yeah. Because he hates both he doesn't, options. Yeah, he doesn't want to make the choice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Who knows? I don't know, yeah. But mm-hmm. by giving her that choice, the enchantment is broken, <gasps> oh. and her pig-like appearance vanishes. Yay! She's a regular girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. so as the story morphed over time, the magical elements gradually vanished from the story, and instead of being a fairy tale mm-hmm. with maybe a nice little moral... Um, you know, sure. treat treat pig girls with respect and def- deference. Treat pig girls the way you want to be treated. <laughs> you should. Yes. You should. Yes. yes, yes. Um, That's the golden rule. So, <laughs> oh, my God. So the existence of pig-faced women began to be treated as fact- Interesting. Interesting. Uh So although the stories originated fairly simultaneously in Holland, England, and France, Mm -hmm. it was only in England and later, of course, in Ireland, after they had their stronghold there, um, that the legend became both well-known and widely believed. So even Charles Dickens, (gasps) if we say his name one more time, he's going to appear in the mirror. (laughs) I would love that, honestly. I'd be like, thank you so much for writing A Christmas Carol. It's my favorite story. <laughs> it's so good. Thank you for believing in ghosts so much. Yeah. It's nice. Yes. Yeah. What a guy. <laughs> so, so even Charles Dickens oh my remarked in 1861 that, quote, in every age, I suppose, there has been a pig-faced lady. <laughs> beautiful i want to get that tattooed on me (laughs) (laughs) that was my first thought i'm not even kidding in every every age age, i suppose I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get that horrible, horrible drawing of Penelope that goes in the newspaper. Yes, (laughs) and underneath it, it's gonna. It's not going to make any sense oh to God. anyone. I fully support it. <laughs> fully. Um, which, by the way, if you haven't, listeners, if you haven't watched the movie Penelope, now's the time to do it. Honestly. Honestly. I don't know where it's streaming, but I'm sure it's somewhere. <laughs> so, probably. Yeah. Probably. All right. So um, there <laughs> there are speculations that the pig-faced woman myth originated as a fusion of two earlier stories, even. Hmm. So the medieval Dutch legend of Margaret of Henneberg which she's a real person, first of all. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But the story uh, is that she was a wealthy noblewoman, mm-hmm. so that's real, uh, who turned away a beggar with twins. Sounds familiar? Oh, yeah, it does. She was punished by giving birth to 365 children. Uh, what? <laughs> so an early form of this legend can be found in the 14th century Tafel von Egmund. Which is a book, sure. uh, which can be found at the University Library of uh, Utrecht. So it briefly reports that she died after giving birth. <laughs> I'm sorry. Giving birth. Giving birth. He was so naturally. She gave birth. Can you imagine? Oh God, she's rolling over in a grave. Why are you laughing? 365 <laughs> Of course she died after giving birth to all those... All, all, those, those, all those bobbies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god. All right. So um, it briefly reports that she died after giving birth to 364 sons and daughters. Fair enough. The children did not survive. Uh. <laughs> None of them? None of them. Oh my god. Uh, they were all buried together in Lusdunin, uh where there's actually a little monument oh. that you can see it's like a like a plaque that tells the story and then there are two basins underneath it where supposedly the babies were baptized or should have been baptized or something, you know, mm-hmm. something, some sort of medieval. Yeah. <clears throat> I too would die after giving birth to yeah. 15 babies. Oh my gosh. 15 even. Yeah. Probably Ooh. maybe even one. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so in a similar French folk tale, the noble woman in question described the beggar's children as piglets mm-hmm. and then gave birth to a litter of nine piglets herself. So, you know, it's yeah. all different variations of the same story. That's a lot less than 365, though. <laughs> I so, I mean, at least she has that going. <laughs> Good for her. Um, so the other significant theory about the origin of the legend was proposed in 1864 by Robert Chambers, who was a Scottish publisher, geologist, evolutionary thinker, uh, probably yada, rich, yada, yada. rich man with a lot of hobbies <laughs> sure. sounds like i don't know uh-huh. um so he said that a genuine child was born in the early 17th century with facial deformities mm. resembling a pig's face mm. uh and a speech impediment causing her to grunt oh no which is horrifyingly oh, sad yeah. um <clears throat> especially for that time because there's not much they could do right uh so the science of teratology Mm. never heard of it but it's the study of birth defects and physiological abnormalities uh, was then in its infancy Uh, so very very i'm surprised it existed at all same same (laughs) uh so the most widely accepted idea was i kid you not (laughs) the theory of maternal impression which states that the thoughts of a pregnant woman could influence the future appearance of her children oh no yep oh no so she did something wrong and so her baby didn't come out healthy right which is oh god so messed up there's already so much guilt and mm-hmm. blame placed mm-hmm. on women just as it is right that's she doesn't need that she doesn't yeah she no doesn't one need that, that. no mm-hmm. so it's possible that the birth of a genuinely deformed child led to the story of the beggar um, as a possible explanation for her appearance Mm. Um, with other more colorful elements of the story being added later or distorted by the publishers. As it got passed along, it's usually Mm. people add and embellish things quite a lot. Yeah. Make it more interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So Chambers speculates that the original child may have had a similar appearance to Julia Pastrana, who's a woman with hypertrichosis, which is excess hair in the body and face, um, and also distorted facial features, mm. uh, though not necessarily pig-like. Right. She was, unfortunately, widely exhibited in Europe and North America oh. until her death in 1860, mm. and then embalmed uh, oh, no. until the 70s. So the 1970s? The 1970s oh, oh, for 110 That's years. way too recent. Yep. Um, however, while a 1952 stillbirth uh, with a face resembling a pig is documented, there's never been a reliably documented case of a human with deformities of this kind surviving outside the womb. Um, mm. So while all versions of the pig-faced woman legend describe her as a healthy adult, mm-hmm. that wouldn't necessarily make sense. Yeah. So... Back to fables, because this is too dark. <laughs> yeah, this got real <laughs> sad. Got real sad. So the first recorded reference in England Ooh. to the legend of the pig-faced woman uh-huh. is a fable of Tannikin Skinker. Which is <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful name. <laughs> Tannikin Skinker. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. A 17th century variation on the traditional loathly lady story. Mm-hmm. Um so between the 4th and the 11th of December, 1639, five ballads about Skinker were published in London. 
in a week in a week holy less shit. even wow uh, uh all of which are now lost oh come <laughs> but on but the earliest surviving record of the tannikin skinker's story mm-hmm. is given in um a certain relation of the hog-faced gentlewoman called mistress tannikin skinker the longest name for a book ever uh which was <laughs> <laughs> written in 1640 um and it was a chap book which, oh, um, chapbooks are like little um, things that people publish on their own, like little, they still do that. Po- a books. lot of poets publish chapbooks. Cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little, it was a little chapbook. Oh. So um, <clears throat> do you want to hear it? Yes. <laughs> so I love this too. It's written very, it's Old-timey. written, yes, before mm-hmm. words had regular spellings. Oh, good. And people were spelling with their hearts. <laughs> And not necessarily uh, with any sort of real <laughs> not rules. Not necessarily with their minds. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but oh, I'm glad you, you did. said it. <laughs> with my eyes, if not my mouth. So, okay. <laughs> okay, so the the book, um, A Certain Relation of the Hog-Faced Gentlewoman Called Mistress Tannikin Skinker. I love <clears throat> hog-faced. <laughs> Yes. For some reason, that's so much funnier than pig face. Hog face. The hog face gentleman. Freckle face Haynes, the hog face boy. Oh my god! Oh, I wonder if that's why I like Maybe it, it so kind much. of rhymes with the little white Christmas mm-hmm. reference. Mm-hmm. Um, so it claims the the story claims that Tannikin Skinker was born to Yakum and Pamel Skinker in 1618 in Workum. <laughs> A, uh, again, most, some of these words aren't even words, so you gotta bear with me. But they're also probably, what are they, Dutch words? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so they're also just like. They're all over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, no, this is, I'm sorry. No, this is English. This is published in London. Oh, shit. Yeah. Someone wasn't listening. Someone was, <laughs> <laughs> neither was I, apparently. I, I, it took me a second. But um, so, so in 1618 in Workham, a neuter town between the emperor and the Hollander, situate on the river Rhine. Joachim y- Skinker is described as a man of good revenue, but of a great estate in money and cattle. During Pamela's pregnancy, an elderly woman had begged her for money. Mm-hmm. Pamela was busy and refused to pay, and the old woman had left, muttering to herself, the devil's patter noster, and was heard to say, as the mother is hoggish, so swinish shall be the child she goeth with all. Tannikin's birth, her body and limbs were correctly proportioned, but her face had a pig snout. Mm. Not only a stain and blemish, but a deformed ugliness, making all the rest loathsome, contemptible, and odious to all that looked upon her in her infancy. <laughs> okay, you could have gone with one adjective there. <laughs> Jesus. They just kept going. Uh, the midwife who had delivered the baby was sworn to secrecy, and the skinkers raised her in a private room. She signed an end. she ate from a silver trough which again very rude and unnecessary she has if everything else she has hands proportions just give her a fork give her a yeah give her a spoon if a fork's even too hard but come on um so she she ate from a silver trough (laughs) to which she stooped and ate just like a swine doth in his swilling tub Tannikin's deformity was soon discovered, and many locals came to hear her pig-like speech or watch her feed from the trough. The old woman was located, tried, and convicted for witchcraft. <gasps> what? But even at the stake, refused or was unable to reverse the enchantment. When Tannikin was between 16 and 17 years old, her father consulted Vandermast, a famous artist who was both a mathematician and an astrologer, a man who was suspected to have been well-versed in black and hidden arts. But he doesn't get burned at the stake? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Okay. Because he's a man, probably. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, they ask him how the curse might be undone. Vandermas concluded that as long as Tannikin remained a virgin, she would retain her pig's face. Uh. But were she married... 
And not to a clown, boar, or peasant, she might be cured. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So she's got a married dude, but like a rich dude. I love that the opposite of virgin is wife, (laughs) first of all. Yep. Um, Yep. Second, Mm -hmm. do they mean a literal clown or a figurative (laughs) clown? They also spelled clown, uh, capital C, (laughs) L-O-W-N-E. A clowny. Clowny. A clowny. Uh, <laughs> well, boar, it is a proper noun. They also misspelled peasant. Almost of these words are very misspelled. So, okay. So clown is, but then boar, because mm-hmm. that's all, that's a pig. I, that is a pig. Yeah. That's in the pig family. No, But it's B-O-R-E, the one they spelled right. Finally. Oh, a boar, like a like boring a boar. person. Yes. A boring person. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I should have. That was my bad then. <laughs> so he has to be like an upstanding yeah. person from a good family um, and not like a, a, a funny little clown. So I just think it's so funny that they use the word clown because that's something that we still use today. Right. Make sure he's not a clown. Yeah. What yeah. a clown. <laughs> exactly. It's just so, f- it's so funny. Okay. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so the skincare family announced that any gentleman who would take her to his bed after loyal matrimony would receive a dowry of 40,000 pounds. The dowry, a huge sum for the time, prompted a a large number of would-be husbands. A Scottish captain arrived, having spent the greater part of a month's pay on a new suit, and was taken taken by Tannikin's figure and deportment. On lifting the veil to view her face, however, he would stay no other conference, but (laughs) ran away without further answer, saying... They must pardon him, for he could endure no pork. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> um, an English sowman, or pig farmer, assured the family that his familiarity with pigs meant he would accept Tannikin's appearance. But after meeting her, he left the building, saying that so long... So long as I have known Rumford, I never saw such a hog snout. What does that mean? No idea. (laughs) Who's Rumford? But it means he doesn't like her, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So so several further would-be suitors visited the skinkers, but all were repulsed by Tannikin's face, and she remained unmarried. Despairing of finding a suitable husband in Workham, the Skinker family moved to London and took up residence in either Blackfriars or Covent Garden. The anonymous author of A Certain Relation, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. says that the family did not wish to divulge their address to discourage curiosity seekers from gathering. Fair. So many who met her were taken by her elegant dress and excellent demeanor. Eventually, the Skinkers found a man in London willing to marry Tannikin. On the day of the wedding, and despite all efforts to improve her appearance, her face was as pig-like as ever. (laughs) With the wedding service concluded, the newlywed couple retired to the bedroom. When they lay in bed together for the first time, Tannikin reached for her husband's arm, saying that she would release him from his vows, provided that he would look her in the face. So sad. He turned to look at her and saw a sweet young lady of incomparable beauty and feature, the like to whom, to his imagination, he had never in his whole life beheld. (laughs) He reached to kiss her, but she refused, saying, Sir, I am indeed no other than I now seem unto you, and all these two things I give you free choice, whether I shall appear to you thus as you now see me, young, fair, and lovely, in your bed, and all the daytime and abroad of my former deformity, or thus beautiful in the day to the sight of your friends, but in your arms every night of my former age and ugliness. Of these two things I give you free choice of, which till you have resolved me, there can be no other familiarity betwixt us. Therefore, without pause, give me a speedy answer. Torn between the choice of a wife who would appear beautiful to him, but hideous to all his friends, or hideous to him, but beautiful to all of his friends, he could not reach a decision, but instead said to her, into your own hands and choice, I give the full power and sovereignty to make election of which you best please. On hearing this, Tanakin turned to him and said, now, sir, you have given me that which all women most desire my will and sovereignty. And now I, 
was by a wicked and sorceress stepdame enchanted (laughs) never to return to my pristine shape till i was first married and after i'd received such power from my husband and now from henceforth i shall be the same to you night and day of that youth and livelihood which you now see me till time and age breed new alteration even to the last period of my life so it felt like she had the power the whole time yeah which which (laughs) spoiler alert spoiler alert (laughs) okay i don't want to say anything else Uh um so that's the story of tanikin wow yeah Hmm. which is really great yeah i don't know it is great yeah i retract what i said earlier about Mm -hmm. the guy yeah just giving her the choice because he didn't want to i feel bad about that now (laughs) (laughs) it did seem like maybe his intentions were good yeah or something yeah Yeah. but um all right so (laughs) are you ready to hear another story this one's real this This one's one's real Mm mm-hmm uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, so Griselda Stevens. Oh, my God. <laughs> sometimes written as Grizzle Stevens, <laughs> which is a, an even worse name. <laughs> Why would they do that to her? I don't know. Oh, my God. Um, so she was the twin sister of Dr. Richard Stevens, which is a normal name. Yes, it is. <laughs> Richard and Griselda. Richard and Grizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Even oh, words. Dick and Grizzle. Dick and Grizzle. <laughs> oh, that's good. I would watch the TV show. <laughs> Everyone's favorite twins. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, Dr. Richard Stevens oh, was a Dublin physician. So. Dr. Stevens died in 1710, bequeathing an estate with an income of 606 pounds, which is about 80,000 pounds as of 2021. Jesus. uh, Per year to Griselda. So she was rich. Yeah, good for her. Rich, rich. A clause in Dr. Stevens' will stipulated that on Griselda's death, the income was to be used to provide a hospital for the poor of Dublin. Oh, okay. Nicer and nicer. Yeah. Yeah. Although the terms of Dr. Stevens' will were that work on the hospital would not begin until after Griselda Stevens' death, she decided to begin work on the hospital in 1720, uh, 10 years after he died. Oh, wow. Reserving only 120 pounds per year for her own use, she used the remaining funds to buy a plot of land near Kilmainham, which is like Kilmainham Jail. Uh, oh, I don't a, know what that that's is. That's a scary place that I visited. Nice. I mean, not scary, scary and, you know, sadness. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, could also be haunted, but mostly sadness. Probably. Um, so she bought some plot of land to build the new hospital, with the sole condition being that she be granted a suite of apartments in the building. As a youth, Griselda had suffered a disorder of the eyes and since then had worn a veil while in sunlight. Shy and reclusive, while Mm. conducting her charitable works in the Dublin slums, she would remain in her carriage while servants gave out alms to the poor. The rumor was that Griselda Stevens' reclusiveness and always being veiled were owing to her having been born with a pig's head. (laughs) Uh, Chambers, who we heard about earlier, that rich guy with all the hobbies, uh, speculates that her unusual name may have contributed to the legend (laughs) and notes the common belief... That she was named Grizzly on account of her appearance when she was born. Oh. Right? Dismayed by the popular belief that she had a pig's head, Griselda took to sitting sitting on an open balcony to allow the public to see her face. Oh, my God. This failed to stem the spread of the rumor, and she commissioned a portrait of herself to be hung in the main hall of the hospital. Oh, my gosh. The portrait also failed to have the desired effect. Many <laughs> of the public chose instead to believe a portrait in a pub oh. neighboring the hospital, which showed Stevens with a pig's head. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was real. The pub also displayed a silver trough alleged to have belonged to her. Come on. She eventually withdrew from the public view completely before her death in March 18th of 1746. Mm. Surgeon and historian William Wilde recollected that as a medical student at Dr. Stevens Hospital in 1832, mm. he was shown a silver trough alleged to have belonged to Zelda Stevens. 
An account suggests that in the early 19th century, a plaster cast of a human face with a pig's snout was on display in the hospital. Although the hospital authorities later forbade the display of alleged Stevens memorabilia on pain of dismissal. So I'm sure it was just some like little jerky little yeah, someone students just made or it. something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the later half of the 19th century, the belief that Stevens had a pig's face remained common. Oh, no. Like <laughs> such so a sad. long time. She's just so nice and she's trying to right? help she's people. trying her best and people are like well i saw her picture in the pub <laughs> even though they could go next door and see her actual face right oh my gosh that's well, so upsetting wild so the subject of pig-faced women became popular at fairs oh of course based yes. on all of these yeah. stories mm-hmm. things like that most were paper mache or paintings, but one included a much more alive exhibit. Uh-oh. In an 1843 fair in Hyde Park, Madame Stevens, the wonderful pig-faced lady, was exhibited and would grunt to give replies to questions from the audience. The pig-faced women exhibited at fairs were not genuine, obviously. Really? Wow. Uh, showmen <laughs> would drug a bear into a stupor by feeding it large amounts of beer and then shave it. I know. Horrible. Oh Once God. shaved, the drunken bear would be fitted with padded artificial breasts and dressed in women's clothing and a wig. <laughs> what the fuck? Horrible. I'm on the verge of tears. I know. I hate that. Why yeah. did they fuck with bears so much? Be- I don't know. That makes me so mad. I know. They were really big. Mm. And sometimes look like pig pig face lady. And I don't I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> the size of a bear, first of all, is way larger than any human. Right. Like a ten foot tall pig but, lady. But they have like completely different faces than pigs. Like they're long. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> I mean it could look like a snout, I suppose. Just I guess. in its longness. I wouldn't believe it. People were willing to believe dumb stuff back then. That's true. No offense, but yes offense. Yes, Um, full offense. So shoes would be attached to the bear's hind paws and stuffed gloves to the front paws. The bear would then be placed in a chair with a hole in the back and securely tied to the chair. Oh my God. Once a bear was dressed and in the chair, the audience would be allowed into the tent. The showman would tell the audience the pig-faced lady could not speak, but would answer questions put to her, with one grunt for yes and two for no. The audience would ask her questions, and a member of the crew would poke the bear with a stick to make it grunt in reply. Oh, I knew that was coming. Horrible. The pig-faced lady would then eat a meal of gruel, beer, and apples served in a silver trough. The display of pig-faced ladies became extremely popular to the extent that in 1861, Charles Dickens, in the mirror, uh, remarked that no fair was complete without one. Okay, now I hate him. (laughs) I mean, he's just saying what it is, but That's true, that's true. I'm I'm assuming the worst. You're assuming that he liked it. Yeah. Which maybe he did. No fair is complete without one. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That sounds... Uh, horrible exhibitions of this type were particularly popular in dublin Uh, of course that's where the pig lady Mm -hmm. myth was there right um so an exhibition in plymouth in the 1880s was less successful and a disbelieving mob pulled the wig and hat from the pig face lady in her tent and proceeded to attack the showmen oh good I know. It I was says so the- scared they were going to attack the bear. <laughs> Unfortunately, the fate of the bear was not recorded, but <sighs> hopefully it I'm sure. woke up and ran away. I, I hope so. Yeah. By the 1860s, the fad for exhibiting pig-faced women at fairs was losing popularity. Thank God. Good. Um, although they continued to be exhibited until at least the 1880s. <sighs> Horrible. That is and such sad. a bummer. I know. I mean, like, humans, even, like, interesting stories, which mm. is still kind of disturbing. Yeah. But um, people want to make money off of it, and they mm-hmm. are willing to do mm-hmm. abhorrent things. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. I'm so sorry to end on that sad note after so many oh. funny little things. No. But uh, <laughs> that's the way it is. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the pig face ladies. Damn. Damn. <laughs> that sucks. I know. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> I just want a happy little pig story. Mm, no. But any okay, if you want a happy little pig story, watch Penelope. Yeah. Starring Christina Ricci, James McAvoy. Russell Brand. Russell Brand. <laughs> yeah. He's not really starring. Catherine yeah. O'Hara. Uh-huh, uh-huh, even. Uh-huh. Um, the dad from The Little Vampire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Famous. Famous man. Um, Should have said him first. Oscar nominee, I think. Oh, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. She produced it, didn't she? Yeah. Or directed it. Yeah. She something. did like a lot. She was involved. She was a, I, she was, I, it must, must be her favorite story. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And it, it's... Like hearing these stories about pig face women, mm-hmm. like it is a very close interpretation. Very, yeah. But like in a cuter way. In a much more palatable way. Yeah. In yeah. a much more fun sort of it's very yeah, it's very whimsical. It oh is Peter Dinklage is in Peter it Dinklage also, also yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Um Simon Woods Oh yeah. Of two thousand five Pride and Prejudice fame. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bingley. Uh-huh. Um yeah. Yeah, it's great. great. It's wonderful. It's fun. It's such a it's such a sweet movie. Yeah, it's like a palate cleanser yeah, sort a, of movie. It's very feel feel good. Yeah, I would say. I rewatched it a f- couple months ago, mm-hmm. and there's definitely some parts that feel dated. Well, of course, but it's it it's still really fun. In like 2006, I think so. 2008, yeah, 2007. <laughs> we were still in high school. I remember. Yeah. I remember distinctly. My friend Corinne getting the DVD so that we could watch the Twilight <laughs> special features that were featured no. before the movie. So it must have been what two thousand eight. It was yeah, it would have been before two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Ooh, convergence of two of my favorite things. <laughs> oh God, I love. I love. Uh... I love motion I love it. pictures. I love it. I love film. <laughs> I love good film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. So the theme is drum roll. Oh, wait. Do you want to guess it? Take a minute to guess it, audience. What do you think the theme could be? Charles Dickens, maybe? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> That's the red herring. <laughs> <laughs> um so the theme is women women yay <laughs> yay for Bo- women both of our things literally had the word women in it pig face women and a woman lady a lady yeah so close could have been could have been a, <laughs> a big old hint but um <laughs> anyway so we're looking we're always looking for inspiration so send us your one to two word theme ideas some examples from previous episodes are stink hair and alien abductions <laughs> email us at ghoulgals at gmail.com or find us on social media and don't forget you can help keep the night lights on by supporting us through patreon the link is in the description wonderful yeah. i guess this is where we say see you later ghouls and boys bye bye Yeah. Yeah. That makes okay. <laughs> We're both dumb today. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's today. <laughs> That's our secret. <sighs>